Welcome to Bible Quest, the Wednesday edition. Uh, joining, uh, I'm Joe Works, and joining me this afternoon is Chase Byers. Hi, Chase. Hey, Joe. How are you today? I am good. Thank you. And also, we have Drew DeGrotto joining us today. Hi, Drew. How you doing, Joe? Good to see you, Chase. And uh, just mention that Jeff is traveling today, so he will not be with us. Um, uh, but the three of us will try to hold down the fort and uh, present, hopefully, a good discussion that will be beneficial for everyone that is listening. And we want to emphasize participating. As we go through our discussion of scriptural matters today, uh, we hope that if you have any comments or questions that you can submit those to us, either through book or through the Zoom app. Um, any, any comments or questions, particularly pertaining to the topics that we're going to be discussing today. And uh, we're going to be talking about religious titles. Um, and so when you, when you think of religious titles, you might just even think about, if you're joining us, uh, what do you call people religiously? Maybe uh, the leader of, uh, of your local congregation or of, uh, of the group that you identify with spiritually or religiously. Uh, do they wear a title? Um, and, and if so, uh, where might we find that in the scriptures? Um, so uh, one of the other things that we want to talk about this afternoon will be the difference between a title and a description. You might come up with some better distinctions in that, but th- that's just my terminology. Um, you know, what's the difference between somebody who's wearing a title and uh, describing somebody. We might even use the same words, uh, but those two things being perceived differently, particularly in Scripture, I think. So where would we begin with this? Chase, do you have a uh, title that you want to start with? Uh, Usually the title that I give you is Chase, right? Yeah, that's right, Joe. Yeah, normally. Uh, Or sometimes if people forget my name and are just trying to get the ballpark, it's Chad Chance. The girl at Wendy's the other day called me Chaz, uh, so, yeah, I like to be called whatever you want as long as it's not late for dinner, right? That's, that's a good one. Yep. So uh, the religious title, I think, that we all just – the common misconception, we'll just go ahead and get out there, is the way we hear the word used, pastor, right? Right. Um, I, I would say that between the three of us that are on right now, me, Drew, and Joe, the three of us at one time or another have been mistakenly called pastor, even though in the biblical sense that we're going to look at in just a little bit, we actually would not have that that role or that title of pastor for one reason or another. And, and, and usually people call us that generally in a complimentary fashion. They're, they're trying to give us honor. They think of that as an appropriate title for somebody who holds some sort of religious uh, leadership and and that can be very broad. That might be in a local church. It might just be in a, a group Bible study. Um, maybe it's even just that person is leading prayers and, and that sort of thing. Um, they'll think of that person as being a pastor. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure why people, or excuse me, I, I think I know why people kind of get in that habit. And it's because the majority of the world has grown up watching television programs or going to specifically the Catholic church or other places where those who are considered clergy, they have this title that you give them. And 
I know for me, when I meet my neighbors, I'm at my house now, some of my neighbors, uh, normally once they find out that I, I'm a preacher, I'm a gospel preacher, it's like they inherently just want to start calling me Pastor Chase after that. Even right. though I haven't even introduced myself that way, obviously, they still are kind of reading that into the fact that I work with the church. And so why, why do people do that? Well, uh, I think it's, it's a term that uh, a number of religious groups have given to their uh, single leader of a congregation, and, and those men wear those, uh, that as a title. I can remember years ago when I was a part of a denomination, and the, the leader of that church, his name was Pastor John. That's what everybody called him, and, and it was clearly... You know, he was the one that was that was leading. He was directing things uh, for for that group, and so he was viewed as that as that pastor. Um, and so, could we make that? Is there a non-religious usage of that term? If there yeah. is, Joe, I've not heard of a context where I've heard that word used personally outside of a religious context. But Drew, you looked like you had something to say about that. Well, I was going to say the, the word that it comes from uh, in the Greek is, I don't know the Greek at all that well, but it comes from, that's translated shepherd. Is that the word that's translated, pa or people use the term pastor? So it is, sense, yeah. So in that sense, a shepherd, if he has sheep and all that, they'd say, oh, the pastor out there. <laughs> that would be referring right. to the shepherd, not, not a religious person. Yeah, somebody who is pastoring the flock. If you will. It, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so uh, we were joking earlier um, uh, about uh, about dogs and uh, the the name for a shepherd, for example, uh, the the animal German shepherd in uh, in in Portuguese. That's a pastor alemão, which literally is is German shepherd. So past pastor uh, and shepherd are you know those are synonymous terms not as common in english to refer to to, to an animal uh in, in a noun form uh or or even as a shepherd uh we have a member of our congregation who has a flock of, of sheep and goats uh we wouldn't think of him uh, as a pastor probably we think of him as a shepherd um that'd be the more common term but those are synonymous so, 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 Chase, uh, calling someone calling you a pastor, and that, Joe, you said it, so it's meant usually as a compliment. They're referring to you if, if you're preach, you're a gospel preacher, and you're you're speaking on Sunday mornings regularly, and and you're teaching classes. You are guiding people based on this on the gospel, right? I'm teaching. Uh, I'm teaching the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, so maybe they're taking it then that they look at you as a guide. Right. And, and, yeah. so, and I, I think it would go person to person on how much they understand what they're saying when they call me that. Right. Uh, but I think as a whole, it's just he's a religious guy and guys who are religious guys and work for a church. We call them pastor. And I, I really think that's for most people, all the thought that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. I would call that. I would call that. Uh, I was introduced just the other day from someone who was visiting someone else. Oh, yeah, this is Drew. He lives here. He's the pastor. At the such and such, and I had to stop right there. I'm not, that's not my title. And the look, like, you know, like, and which led to another good conversation. Right. And I often had to does. correct them. I had yeah. to, now, I don't want to say correct them, but I had to explain to them that that's not my title. Right, right. Right. Now, once people hear what you do, they're naturally like, 
well, that's a pastor. You just described the pastor to me. You know, yeah, it's like, right, right. so it feels like to some people we're just splitting hairs. Um, so I do want to just point this out, guys, uh, if I can for just a second, Joe. Uh, I think it's a really interesting word that we see used in Scripture quite a bit. Um, so when we're referring to this pastor, that this role in the Bible of, uh, of a man who is overseeing or leading a group of people, in English, we actually have this word used six different ways. Uh, can you guys name, see, between the three of us, can you all name the six different ways this role in the Bible is referred to as? We've already got one of them. It's on the screen. So elder, pastor, yeah. how about elder? Elder, okay, there's two. Yeah, shepherd we already mentioned. Shepherd is three. Bishop. Presbyter. Presbyter. What'd you say, Drew? Bishop. Bishop, there's one more. Overseer. 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 Yeah. Overseer. So that's six right there. And so here are just some passages where those come up. In Ephesians 4 and verse 11, he says, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Uh, over in 1 Timothy 3, some translations won't use overseer here. But Paul says, uh, and we're going to look at this in just a second. It is a trustworthy statement if any man aspires to the office of overseer. It is a fine work he desires to do. So he's describing this, this role, this function that a man would serve in a local church. Acts 20 and verse 17, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and, call, and called to him the elders of the church. Then down in, verse, in Philippians 1, this is the KJV, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. So that's Philippians 1.1. 1, 1. And then later in Acts 20, uh, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And with the majority of the modern translations, you really won't find presbyter anymore. So I didn't have a verse to, to put there, but sometimes you'll see it translated presbyter. And there's a reason for that. In fact, all six of these English terms that refer to this same role come from only three Greek terms. Presbyteros is elder, and what else does that sound like, guys? Uh, presbyter. presbyter. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like presbyter, but it's transliterated from Greek. And uh, you'll also see this word in Greek used whenever it's describing the elders of the Jews, or maybe even somebody who's an older gentleman. It will describe him as presbyteros, someone who is literally older in age. You also have the Greek word poimeno, uh, which is to feed or to shepherd. Uh, pastor would be along these lines as well. And then episkopos, um, which is where we get the word overseer, bishop, etc., etc. So although we have it translated so many different ways in English, there's really only three Greek words that refer to this one role or function in the local church. So I think this is one of the reasons why there is so much confusion among people. Uh, I was talking with a Catholic not that long ago, and I'm not kidding. He thought that a bishop and an elder were two completely different things. When in fact, in scripture, you would see that they're the same role, which leads me to this point. All of these are just descriptions of the work we see a man doing or being called to do or appointed to do 
in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. So I'll shut up there and you guys can take it whatever direction. But I think this is one of the reasons we see a lot of confusion among people. Well, so, no, so, notice on your, on your chart there, and if, uh, if people are following along with us, maybe turn to Acts 20, because that was a passage that somebody showed me a long time ago that was really helpful to understand that we are talking about the same uh, group of people here. Um, as you have there on your chart, it says in verse 17, he called for the elders, and so that's the group that he's talking to. And then you also have in your chart verse 28. So clearly in the same context, he calls to the elders. He's talking to those elders. And in verse 28, he says uh, that the Holy Spirit had made them overseers. There's your other word. Um, and to shepherd, and there's your third word. And so all three words are used in this same context to clearly talk about the same group of people. Uh, so you have elders, overseers, and shepherds all being discussed right here, clearly synonymous. And if they're synonymous, then why, you know, why would the Holy Spirit use that? You know, it almost seems confusing, and yet the way that language is used, it's not intended to be confusing. I think it's intended to be encompassing um, what we see the role of elder, shepherd, overseer, it's the, same, it's the same kind of person that we're talking about, and we can talk about the qualifications of that later if we have time, but by using different words, it shows what their full function is. You know, so they're elders, and as you pointed out, it's the idea of somebody who's older. Hopefully, they're wiser. They have more experience, uh, not a novice, Paul's going to talk about. Um, uh, for the, the qualification. They're overseeing. That means literally they are seeing over. They're watching over the congregation that the Holy Spirit has made them uh, responsible for. And then they are shepherding. And so you think about what a shepherd does both to the flock as a whole and to individual sheep. And so really all three of those terms talking about the same person or persons, but by using all three words, it really gives us a sense of what their response, what their God-given responsibility is. Uh, Joe, would you say that uh, the responsibilities are more primarily um, in the spiritual care, spiritual overseeing, spiritual feeding? more so than a physical thing. Like a lot of people will say the elders are going to paint the church or they're responsible for getting the church painted, the building painted and right. things like that. Right. Yeah. Yes. I want to paint the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a number of, uh, well, what one, one instance comes to my mind from several years ago where the elders responsibilities pretty much amounted to opening the mail and, uh, giving the the announcements at the beginning and ending of services, and just sort of acting as as leaders of the uh, of the organization, and and that's not the sense that you have in any of these words. These are all very personal words, and when we look at the qualifications as uh, uh, as we're given there in First uh, Timothy three and Titus one we do see a spiritual purpose behind that. Um, you know, the things that are, that are described there, that they're able to teach. One of the other passages that Chase there had on the, 
uh, on the slide um, from Ephesians. It's dealing with what the uh, what God has given to the church to equip the church spiritually so that they can grow. So yeah, that's a great point, Drew, that they are very much given a spiritual role. Yeah, and, and just to, to further show that, uh, I would share with everybody First Peter chapter 5, where mm-hmm. it says, Therefore I exhort the elders among you. So Peter himself would have been an elder of the church, uh, probably in Jerusalem. But he goes, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet is lording it over these allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And then look what Paul or look what Peter invokes in verse four. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. But of course, this is all, all hinging on how they shepherd their flock. They've got to do it the way that Christ shepherds his flock, uh, right. with, with love, with patience. Um, so you can clearly see from this passage and several of the others that have been brought up, shepherding is, is not just something you casually do. It is a work, and it is it is an office, as Paul describes it to Timothy. So, um, so, yeah, so, so, important. so, Chase, someone calls you a pastor; they're, they're giving you a title. Right? Yeah, and right. well, and that's not, you don't feel well. You don't. You're not qualified for that title. Oh wait a minute, maybe I'm re- I'm wording that whole thing wrong. You're not qualified for that responsibility. But talking about titles, is it okay to call a man? by a title, such as pastor, such as bishop, such as father, or other titles? So, well, maybe maybe a couple things to, to, to think about in connection with that. Uh, Chase, you talked about that this is an office. Um, uh, that's a word that's used in our English Bibles in 1 Timothy 3. I'm not sure that there's actually, is there a Greek word that corresponds to that in the text? I'm not quite qualified to uh, to determine that, but I didn't think that there was. I think it's the idea of a uh, of a position um, of work, not because when we think of an office, we might think of you know a corner office, a managerial office, right, sort of thing, um, where where he's being given power. But but really, I think that reading that full verse there, First Timothy three one. He desires a good work, and so that's that's the kind of position that he has. Um, if you ask somebody, "What's your position at such and such job or whatever?" Um, well, I I serve as an elder. Somebody might say in that spiritual context, um, but it's not a it's not an office. I have an office at the building uh, that you know that shows my name on the plaque that you know makes me in charge. Uh, I think that again, I think from a common denominational aspect or, or viewpoint, that's the that's the image that people have is that they do hold an office, a a position of power. And and really, the, the emphasis is on the work that they're doing. And and you look at those qualifications. They're, they're not sitting in a, in a church building making managerial pos- decisions. They're, well, there's, a, there's a 
book uh, that I read several years ago. It was entitled, They Smell Like Sheep. Um, Shepherds smell like sheep. So they need to be working with the flock. That's what they need to be doing. And so I I would just say, um, if we are, and you're right, the NIV, the ESV, others don't, don't have office there. It just says, if any man aspires to be an overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. And so when I read office, I, I just because I know that that's not exactly what it's talking about, I read into it the idea of a role or, or because it is, this man is in a different office, if you will, than the rest of the group is. Role, role's a great synonym there. Yeah, that that yeah, would really absolutely. be helpful. So that's yeah, how I, like I see that. it. I don't see it as political, obvious. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And so following up then on Drew's question, why don't you, why, why wouldn't you wear that uh, description? Yeah, well, while everyone is there, if they're not there already, look over at First Timothy chapter 3. Um, I would just submit, uh, tell everyone to just look at the words there. And uh, I'll share with everyone now why, why I don't consider myself to be a bishop or an, a pastor. Um, Paul describes to them what a pastor needs to be. He is the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who uh, manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for the church of God? And not a new convert so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Guys, I'll be the first to admit to everyone that's listening and to anyone who asks me that there are several of these qualities that I hope to have one day, but I just simply don't. Uh, I hope and pray that as I continue to grow in my faith and my walk with God, that I can be more temperate, that I can be more gentle and peaceable. Those are some things that I need to work on personally. But on top of that, there are some more fundamental things uh, in my life that would obviously show that I am not qualified, if you will, to serve in this capacity in a local church. One of the ones that's obvious is my wife is pregnant currently, but whenever that child comes out and we're raising her, I don't think I'll have enough time on my hands as a parent to prove that I'm one that has managed my own household. Uh, I think that's going to need something, need to be something that takes time and, and people will be able to see over a long period of time. And so there are several of these qualities in the section that I just don't meet. And for that reason, I'm not appointed as a pastor in my local church. I'm an evangelist, much like Timothy was, uh, so, but I'm not an, uh, a pastor. Can you bring up Titus 1 also? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It, so Paul wrote 1 Timothy to young man Timothy in Ephesus, while he was in Ephesus. He writes to Titus while he's in Crete. You see that right there in verse 5. Um, uh, but if you notice uh, that language, I think it's even clearer here. Um, uh, verse 5, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you, namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, that's what you were talking about right there, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. For the overseer, you see how he's using those words synonymously again? Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. Paul did in Acts 20, he's doing it here also. Elder yeah. and overseer are yeah. used synonymously. 
And as you pointed out, you don't fit all of those qualifications. I think you probably fit a lot more than what you recognize. I appreciate your humility, uh, but clearly you have not reached the point just because of your age and your time in marriage that, that you haven't uh, the family that is required for you to be qualified for this role. Uh, that's not a slight against you at all. Right. But just not everybody would be qualified to be an elder, overseer, or shepherd. Um, and so maybe to, to sort of attack uh, that, hopefully that doesn't have a mean uh, connotation to it, the, the title of this subject for this afternoon are titles and descriptions. Um, there are religious groups who use the word elder. Uh, I've been across them all over the world, in fact, in several different countries where there are very young men, Chase, younger, younger than you, uh, sometimes, you know, 19, 20, 22 years old, who they will wear name badges and go door to door trying to seek religious studies or conversations, and they will call themselves Elder Joe or Elder Chad or, you know, whatever, um, Elder Bob. And they are both unmarried, have no children, and they are not an elder. They are a younger, um, if you will. Um, they, They don't fit these qualifications. Again, that's not a slight against them but their religious group has chosen this title to give them an air of authority and respect that is just simply contrary to the way that this word is used in the scriptures. There's really two problems. One, there. one they're using it as a title, and two, they're not qualified even to use it as a description. And so I think that's one of the places where maybe we can see that pretty clearly. If some 20-year-old or 22-year-old comes along and calls himself an elder, and and the word just means an older person, and that could be just a random older person or an older person who fits these qualifications here. You know, a 22-year-old is not an older. He's an elder, elderly. I was studying with some Jehovah's Witnesses, um, and of course, they also will call themselves elders even if they're not married or, or if they are married and don't have kids, et cetera, et cetera. This guy was about 27, uh, had a wife, no kids. And I was talking about how this, this word, this role that he keeps calling himself is not what I see in Scripture. And there was one passage that he could take me to to show somebody who wasn't married that was an elder uh, other than Jesus. He brought up Jesus, but this was the one he brought up. Philemon 1 in verse 9 Yet for the love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul the aged, and I'm going to pull up the KJV here that says Paul the aged as well. Maybe it's the ASV, or maybe I'm just wrong, but I do know that in the Greek, that word aged is the same word as elder. Sure. Uh, and so he would go to there and he'd say, see, Paul was single, and yet he is an elder. But we can clearly see what Paul is doing in this context. He's talking about himself as an old man. He is an elder. And I was like, even if he is describing himself in that way, the guy I'm talking to is 25 years old or 27 years old or whatever. Right. You can't call yourself the same title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This passage would still go against what he's doing. Um, But – but those were those were common terms. An elder, you know, you look through the Old Testament, you had elders of the city. They were older people, but they but there were certainly more older people in the city, but the elders that sat at the gate were old 
respected men who had the role of acting as as judges in certain cases and things like that. Um, so the word has a general usage, like what Paul was doing right there, and it has a a function in the congregation. Um, and, and and we do that sort of thing uh, with our own uh, terminologies uh, as well. Uh, so that that's not a that that doesn't disprove anything. All it shows is that they were taking a very common word and giving it a special usage. So, so basically what, what we see is uh, people will take uh, in, use in their religious practices words, but misuse them, misapply them, or make up right. their own rules. Uh, we're, there's a couple of comments that are coming in on the Facebook page. We'll get to Eric's uh, eventually because that's a little bit different, but it does relate to titles. But the other thing is, uh, one of the, what was it? Uh, Donnie talks about pastors as being plural, which is a little off the topic, but it's, he's, I think he's bringing up the, another uh, area of qualifications that usually when we see that term or individuals identified as elders or pastors, it's in the plural sense, implying there's more than one. Right. And yet there's most of the of yeah, and most of the groups that I'm aware of around here, there's one pastor. All church yeah. denominational churches usually have one pastor at, right. at a particular church. So let let me ask you this, Joe and Drew. So let's say some some man is qualified as a pastor, as we read in First Timothy and Titus, um, and his local church appoints him as an elder. Uh, Jeff Smelser, who's not on today, he's an elder in his local church. He is a pastor in his local church why would we still have some pause to call Jeff Pastor Jeff or Elder Jeff? Um, why, why would we feel that pause? Well, that gets right to the, to, to the heart of it. We're, we're, we're putting a title on an individual. And, and uh, did we go to Matthew 23 yet? Because Matthew 23 is where... Oh, why don't you talks, take us there, Drew? Uh, Matthew 23, Jesus is talking about the very thing in chapter 8, um, do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. Number, verse 9, do not call anyone on earth your father, uh, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. That This is the, the spiritual term, father. Uh, do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. Uh, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. Whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. So these are titles that we give other people or we accept from other people in positions of exalt, exalting. And, and I think that's a violation. If I, start, if I started calling Jeff Pastor Jeff, I'm giving him, I'm exalting him above something that he, I don't think the scripture teaches that. And if it's something that Jeff was requiring, I, I think, and I love how we're just dragging Jeff through the mud. He's not even on today. But if, <laughs> if, uh, if Jeff were, if that was something he were to require, uh, you look back at the verses before Drew just read. Jesus is talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. They've seated themselves, he says in verse 2, in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe, but do not do according to their deeds, for they, uh, for they say things and do not do them. They tie up these heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men, for they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. They love the place of honor and banquets at the, and the cheap seats in the synagogues 
And here's the key in verse seven. And they love these respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. They don't like being a rabbi for the sole purpose of wanting to be a servant of God and a servant to others. They like it for their own prideful reasons. That's the problem behind a title. I think it creates an attitude of pride within the person who holds that title and a sense of entitlement even. And so Jesus says, steer clear of that. And, and I think this is a good place to, to make that parallel. We saw the word elder, both as a role, a specific role, Titus 1, and we see it in a, used in a, in a general sense, Paul the aged. The same thing is true here. He doesn't mean that we can never use the word father to, to talk about somebody. Um, uh, you know, uh, I could talk about my dad and, and I could say, you know, my, my father Wilbur taught me this or, or did this. There's nothing wrong with using that word. That word is used, um, for example, in, in James two and in verse 21 was not Abraham, our father, uh, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son upon the altar. You know, it's okay to use that word as a description Matthew 23 is condemning it as titles being given to people to elevate them above others. And, and I think that's really borne out. Uh, thanks, Chase, for mentioning the previous verses. And then he follows it up by, with verse 11, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. You know, uh, that's what we should be striving for. I, I don't want somebody to come along, Father Joe, uh, Reverend Joe, Teacher Joe, whatever. Um, but man, if people can think of me, I don't want to be called Servant Joe either. I don't want, to, I don't want that title. Actually, that could end up puffing somebody up as well. Um, but if they could, what we want is people to think of us in that way um, as, as a servant. Um, uh, my, uh, my email address is called little preacher Joe. And, uh, really that is, uh, more of a sort of poking fun at myself because one, I'm not little. Uh, but then also there was an elderly lady, a wonderful lady named Rosalie, uh, passed away several years ago. But whenever I was anywhere near her, whether it was in a grocery store or in a, um, uh, at, in, at her house and neighbors were coming over, she would always say, have you met my little preacher, Joe? Uh, you know, he, you ought to, to study the Bible with him. And so she used that. I don't think she was trying to give me a, t a title. She was using that as a description to try to help people to see that they, they could study with me. Right. Um, and so, you know, she wasn't trying to give me honor. It was describing what I do. Again, um, uh, what Peter uses it, right? I'm not missing this. Uh, Peter talks about Noah, a preacher of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's okay to use those as descriptions, but it's where you're exalting somebody, and, and particularly in this text, where somebody is wanting to be exalted. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're loving those greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi or teacher. Um, that's, that's what Jesus is condemning. So you might just think, is that something that you, t you call somebody, you know, as a title? Is, this, is it something that they're wanting? You? That's what Jesus is uh, saying we need to avoid at all costs here. Right. 
So uh, I think it'd be good if we switch gears a little and er answer Eric's question. I think it's a really good question. Uh, so he says, I'd be interested in your thoughts on Church of Christ as it is used as a religious title instead of a description. Uh, so guys, do we see that happen? Uh, yes, we, we yeah. there, there are places where, where that word is, uh, that, that phrase is abused. No question. So where would you go in scripture to kind of correct that mentality and correct that thinking? Well, what's the abuse first, Joe? Uh, well, one of the things I would point out is that, again, whenever we're talking about the church, we ought to be describing it, not trying to give it a title. Uh, I think that the same thing that we're applying to individuals applies to the group. And, and I might just mention the, the group that I regularly congregate, uh, assemble with in Elmira, New York, we don't use the phrase Church of Christ. We are not at all ashamed of it. Some people misunderstand that. Right, uh, right. We're ashamed of being the Lord's church. Sometimes people almost want to insist that you use Church of Christ or else somehow you're ashamed of the Church of Christ. Um, uh, I, well, actually, maybe I am a little bit ashamed of the denomination Church of Christ. Um, uh, but I'm not ashamed of that title uh, or, or, or of, of those words but we're not limited to them in Scripture. First Corinthians chapter 1 uh, is, is just one place that you can see. Paul talks about the church of God, Corinth, um, first, Timothy, or first Corinthians 1 and verse 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. So there's a phrase that's used, very biblical. That, does the church belong to God? Yes. Yep. It's a title. It's a description. Same thing for the churches of Christ in Romans 16 and in verse 16. That, that's not a title, the churches of Christ to greet you, uh, a, a description, the churches that belong to Jesus. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Um, yeah. That, that is and one that, that, here in Harrisburg. Um, and for those of the brethren who, who are uh, members of the church that are listening down in Kentucky and down south that might be listening, uh, there are, I'm going to use this very loosely, sects of Church of Christ sect that we do not want to be associated with up here um, that, that are actually very far left on a lot of things. And in my experience of being up here in the Northeast, if I was to tell somebody I work and I'm, I'm a member and work with the capital city church of Christ, they're going to be assuming a lot of things about me that I don't want them to assume because of some of the other churches of Christ in the area. And because so, of that title, because of that, yeah, title. because of that title, and so for that reason, the local church where I am at, kind of like Joe, we go by the title Capital City Christians. Mm. But if I was down in Kentucky and someone asked me where I went to church, I could say Capital City Church of Christ, and they would have a better idea of what I meant by that than they would up here. I think it's an all things to all men thing. But what Joe said is spot on. These are descriptions of the Lord's church, and they're not titles. In the Honesville oh, area. We, we did the same thing. Our, our website now, in fact, the sign on the front where we rent our space, we, we call Christians in Honesdale. And I put that Ephesian reference because they were first called Christians in Ephesus. Right. Yeah. Uh, Antioch. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Antioch. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me for a second. I was like, well, that sounded really good. Yeah, I, was like, I, I was yeah, testing I, you, I was Joe. Like, well, I was my, testing my you. Bible, my Bible says something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but that, that is a great point that we can even sort of subconsciously and, and certainly unintentionally begin to identify these things as titles. And then we begin to make rules for them 
um, that, that are just not in, in Scripture. So we're much better off, uh, often we're better off using a variety of descriptions like elder, shepherd, overseer, or Church of Christ, Church of God, uh, saints, Christians, you know, uh, any of those plural terms to describe a local congregation, the saints that meet in, uh, those, those sorts of ideas. It's helpful to use multiple terms to avoid them becoming uh, titles that uh, then become rules. Take on different yeah. definitions and meanings, like you were saying, Chase. So, and I, we also see this for different, different men uh, who function as, in a role of some kind in the local church. Uh, the three of us on here, you might say, well, if you guys don't describe yourselves as pastors, well, what do you call yourselves? Because I would agree, there is, there is a, a term for what we're doing and, right. and what our role is in the local church. I'll, uh, well, just turn it back over to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, the term I would use to describe myself, we see in Ephesians chapter 4. I always have to sing the song in my head to get there. <laughs> there we go. Um, Ephesians 4 and verse 11. It says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Uh-oh. I think we lost you, Chase. Chase, you froze. So Chase was reading there. I'll just pick up until he gets back to us. And Ephesians yeah. uh, 4.11, uh, I think the, the term that he's going to, to refer to for himself would be that of an evangelist. He's certainly not an apostle or a prophet. He's already talked about how he's not a pastor. Uh, teacher is certainly something that uh, he is doing a lot of, I think, in different ways that could be applied to it. Um, uh, but uh, I think he was going to emphasize that what he is trying to do is be at doing the work of an evangelist or to think of it in a verb term, he is evangelizing. He's, he is uh, uh, going out serving as uh, in that capacity, in that role of evangelist. So, not, so he's not taking it on as a title evangelist, but as a, uh, a, a role, a position, right. an activity, and, and and I don't know if you were going down into verse twelve, but for the purpose of equipping the saints, and for building them up, for built work, doing this work of service, the building up the body of Christ. Right. I think are you back, Chase. I'm back. I and I I'm embarrassed of how long I kept on teaching even after I realized <laughs> you guys were off. So. so so we were trying to decide: were you calling yourself an apostle, prophet, evangelist? Oh. <laughs> You you cut uh, off just as you finish reading that. So, oh man, you, you left us in suspense. Uh, <laughs> which one are you? Oh, that's funny. Well, uh, I don't know what all you guys said, but I'm sure it was good stuff. So, thank you for picking up. <laughs> but which one are you? Joe was asking. So, which one of those uh, positions? I, I would describe myself as an evangelist. Uh, I would also feel comfortable describing myself as a preacher, and then in certain contexts, a minister. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and certainly from this passage, uh, when we think about evangelists, sometimes people think of evangelists as somebody who has gone out in like missionary role, going out into the world to evangelize. But I think it might be helpful to see here that the evangelists were given for the equipping of the saints. Um, other passages will emphasize evangelizing to the lost. Um, uh, but 
I don't know, do you have a good definition, either one of you, for the word evangelist or evangelize? Uh, yeah, where is it? Yeah, it, uh, it, a preacher of the gospel, evangelist, a bringer yeah, of good it, tidings. A preacher bringing good news is what the Greek would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you have the word evangel, it, yeah, uh, the, 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 the gospel. Yeah. And I almost said it in Portuguese there, that wouldn't <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's the idea of the, the good news, the gospel, you're, you're, I, I heard one person refer to an evangelist as a gospelizer. Um, yeah. That, and that's, that's the idea. Yeah. I, I do want to make one comment as well, guys, uh, because this happened to me when I was in uh, Kentucky working with a local church there, I was a young man and I was a full-time evangelist at that local church. So what do you think a lot of people in the world assume that I was? Minister? minister or a youth pastor. Uh, uh, I don't have a whole lot of seconds left, but I would just like to say that is something we don't see in scripture. Um, we see a pastor and a pastor, as we've read, has a responsibility to the whole flock. Uh, right. There's not a pulpit pastor and a flock pastor. There is a pastor. And the same thing would go for a minister or a preacher or evangelist. There is an evangelist and he evangelizes to everyone. He sees to the need of everybody. And he is to equip the saints for the work of service, not just the youth saints, not just the old saints, but he is equipping all the saints. And so that would be one correction I would make with all that. We don't see a youth minister or youth pastor uh, in the Bible. So I, so, I might want to, I know you got out of time, so we're not going to bring it up. I might want to see, maybe save this for a future program. So where does everybody, where did this all come from? Where did all of these misused terminologies and, and concepts come from because we're not seeing the the current use of these words in scriptures where did they come from that's that's a rhetorical question not one going to now because we don't have the time but that might be something you want to think about i, I think that'd be wonderful to uh maybe follow this up uh i don't know whether we do it uh next week or, or following week or sometime in the future but we can certainly come back to this because there's a lot of other titles and descriptions that we can talk about and and understanding where they came from and, and how they're being misused. Let's just get back to the scriptures, try to use them in the appropriate terms to, to glorify the Lord. Uh, very good. Well, listen, we are out of time. Thank you all so much. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, uh, uh, Eric and others who uh, brought forth good comments and questions. Appreciate that. Uh, may the Lord bless you until uh, we can meet again here next Wednesday, Lord willing.